I would like to play a little tune I just composed not so long ago. Miss Billy, Miss Billy, Miss Billy Holiday. The music called jazz. Stop. Give me a beat. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce. Mm. Baby monster. Scratching and give me a beat. Every third Monday of the month on Radio Laura. Good evening, Zurich. DJ Baby Monster here. And like every third Monday of the month, I am, of course, bringing you the music of my choice. It's Radio Laura 97.5 megahertz, or you can listen to us via web, uh, www.laura.ch. And then there is a, a little web radio in the corner that you can click on and listen to me right now. So in tonight's show, like, Every other show, actually, that I prepare uh, for Give Me a Beat, I have loads of music, and this is not an easy job to actually fit everything that I want to play for you from interviews, from talking about the festivals that I review or the artists that I interview, or just basically talking, fitting that in two hours till the music of the artist that I interviewed that I want to play or the music of my choice or anything. Two hours is just not enough for me. I sometimes think in the beginning, how I'm going to fill these two hours? But then I start creating the playlist and packing stuff. And I'm like, hmm, I need to leave a little bit of time for talking. And then I get to the studio and I realize it's not the little time for talking that I need. I need loads of time for talking. I need loads of time to play of all of my music. I just need more time. But the show is only two hours, and I am doing my best to actually bring you all the different impressions of the festivals or anything that I like to call a music of my choice in the form of the Gimme Beat. So tonight, we're actually going a little bit It was really super warm, and I know that many people were complaining that it's too hot and everything. And yeah, at some moment, it was too hot, but I love summer. Nothing can spoil summer for me, so I was actually really, really enjoying. And sometime in July, um, to be more precise, two weeks of July, I went to... The festival that I usually do every year, I mean, this was my fifth year of reviewing of this festival. Uh, festival is called Blue Balls Festival, and it's happening two weeks of July in Lucerne, in the area around Lake Lucerne. So it's happening on an inside and outside location, which is kind of cool, especially when you have like these beautiful uh, summer days you hang around outside and then if it's really really hot like it was this year you go inside for the concert on the other hand if it's a rainy day you will be hanging around outside and then go inside to escape the rain so it's festival actually that can fit any of the weathers that are happening but this year it happened to be very very warm and it was uh, nice that in the evening when you know 
when you finish with the stuff and stop hanging around outside, you can come in, have a glass of Prosecco or something and watch the concert. Because, yes, here in Europe, we are actually allowed to drink and watch the festival, not like in the festival in States. So Globus Festival has this like very inappropriate name. And I always like to, to tell the story that this festival probably, and this is what I think, I'm not, I'm not sure, like don't take my word for it, but this is what I think it happened. In 1992, they started this small festival in Luzern. And for some reason, you know, just for the Swiss audience, they wanted to do something bluesy and cool and they call it Blue Balls Festival. Then many years after, this festival became actually much more international and more uh, English-speaking people start coming and more artists coming and seeing it. This name just stayed, and even if it's inappropriate, at least nobody will forget it once they are performing there or when they came to see an artist performing there. But to be perfectly honest, it's a kind of a festival that you really forget about the name once you get to the grounds of the festival. In this case, as I said, surrounding of the Lake Luzern, which is like just one of the most beautiful cities here in, in Switzerland. And uh, everything is forgotten when you see Alps in the background, the Lake of Luzern, and then on top of all of that, listen to some of these uh, music. And to be honest, the reason why I'm coming back to this festival year after year, as I said, this is, this was my fifth year. It's because of its impressive lineup and this whole combination of, of a beautiful surrounding and mix of um, different artists, like known and unknown and um, outside and inside venues, as well as all these different genres that are actually enabling you to find um, something for everyone, basically. Um, I have to say most of the concerts I've seen at Blue Balls Festival uh, were really amazing. The organizers of the festival really figure it out um, which venue is good for which artist. And you can also see uh, artists um, that maybe a few years back would start on a small venue if they prove to be a really good few years after after you will see them on one of the inside venues. So you can see the grow of the certain artists coming back, which is something that I actually like following and watching. You know, it's a little trivia that me uh, in Gimme a Beat like to share uh, with my listeners. So this year, like last few years, I went and reviewed the festival. I've chosen three days. I usually choose several days based on the female artists performing on those days. So this year I took the 18th of July, 21st of July and 25th of July. So I've seen Melody Gardot and Nina Tal on 18th of July, Hayatus Coyote on 21st of July and Sophie Hunger on 25th of July. I've also seen several awesome male artists, but since in Give Me a Beat, we are focused on a female artist as being part of the Frauen Radio. I'm not going to include them in tonight's review, um, but I did wrote my impressions from their gigs uh, on my Facebook page, www.facebook.com, of course, slash stop.gimmeabeat. This is where usually you can get all the information about the show. If you become a fan of my Facebook page, uh, you will actually see before the show a post 
about what am I going to focus on in the coming show. And then after the show, uh, when I prepare the podcast, I put that information as well on the Facebook page of Give Me a Beat. On top of all, you can also see which concerts I've seen, which places I um, went to, which artists I'm excited about. Basically, anything that is female-related and that really interests me will be posted on this page. So, as I mentioned, I've actually reviewed uh, three days of the festival, but in tonight's show, because I have loads of material, sometimes I do also an overview of the artists that I didn't interview, but tonight I'm just going to uh, focus on one band and the artists that I interviewed, because they have so much material that basically I'm not going to be able to play um, the other female artists that I've seen on the festival, no matter how cool they were. So the first artist that I'm going to focus on tonight is actually the band with the female vocalist, uh, Nai Palm. And uh, the band is called Hayatus Coyote, a little bit like different name that kind of not your typical band name, basically. Um, so this is why I actually started the interview asking the member of the band about the name, their music, their song uh, Nakamara, uh, which was a Grammy nominated song for best R&B a few years ago. I, I mean, I heard about it because of Grammy nomination, of course. But then I keep on listening to this song on KCRW radio. Um, that I usually listen uh, at work, together with Radio Laura, of course. And so this song just kind of made an impression on me because it's very positive, it's very uplifting. And during the interview, I'm even... Uh, sharing this uh, with the band because uh, there was one moment when we were talking about it and it was actually the right moment to to share it and this will be the only song that I'm going to play from their previous album all the other songs are going to be from their album uh, Choose Your Weapon uh, it's, it's an awesome album and you should definitely check it out you know nowadays there is not so many albums out there this is one of uh, the records that you should listen in full it's 70 minutes long so I wouldn't be able to play uh, this interview and the other artists that I'm going to focus on tonight and interview as well. Um, so I had a, a difficult job to choose the songs. And, and since I like most of them, um, this was not an easy task. But talking about the band and the interview, I can just say that what I really found funny when I was prepping myself for an interview is that uh, somewhere I read that they define their music style as a multidimensional polyrhythmic gangster shit. And when you're going to interview a band that, that is saying or is something like that about the, their music style, you know that it's going to be an interesting interview. And that's exactly what happened. It was fun and quirky. And during an interview, we were actually sitting um, nearby a church, and there were these church bell um, going really loud in the middle of the interview. I did manage to clean the sound so you can hear it, but you can also hear the church bells. You, you will know what I'm talking about exactly when we get to that point of the interview. Interview. The interview was easygoing. Um, members of Hiatus uh, Coyote uh, are really cool people, really true musicians, and, and we really managed to, to talk about many things. 
you know how I usually like to do an interview. I like to sit down with the people and then we just um, start talking about one thing and see where the conversation flow. Um, and this is exactly how it happened. Um, and later on, when I saw them on the stage, they were really amazing. There is this uh, connection between the members of the band, something that I actually notice uh, with the bands that I like and many of the bands that I had a chance to interview. There is this like almost a family connection with people that are interested in the same music, but also they're bringing different personalities and, and it just fits. And you know how in family you have all these like different type of people, but somehow it just works and and every person brings something in. This is exactly how it was with the, with Hayatus Coyote. And I felt that everybody brought something in and mix of all of that is actually uh, their beautiful music. And even during the interview, I could feel that vibe. And later on on the stage, this was just confirmed. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, with the interview, with their music. Um, we'll try not to interrupt it too much so that you can also feel that flow and uh, and enjoy the music the way you you would when you would listen to the album. But I, I do recommend uh, to actually get the album um, as soon as like, get it now, immediately. And if you're not sure, uh, listen to Tonight Show, and then you can get it after. Hey, this is Napalm. This is Simon. This is Bender. This is Perrin. And we are Hiatus Coyote, and you're listening to Give Me a Beat. Give me a beat. Just to start from the first thing, the name of the band. So where did the band name come from? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I was hanging out with some friends in a beer garden at a bar, and um, we were throwing words around and trying to, you know, come up with something. It was very new, and um, my friend Phoebe had this theory that you need, you need like. Um, 
a doing word and an animal together. Mm -hmm. And so we were just throwing stuff around and hiatus. Um, coyote came up and then we changed the spelling so that it um, reacted off the IA and hiatus. So coyote. Um, and coyote is a made up word, but it kind of sounds like peyote and it kind of sounds like coyote. And, and um, it uh, involves the listener's creativity as to how they perceive it. So we wanted a, you know, a name that is, it has elements that are familiar, but essentially it's something that stimulates imagination in the listeners, which is what we try to do with our music. Yeah, it makes total sense. And you were already a band and you thought of the name, or you first thought of the name and then you made a band? Well, we hadn't done any gigs yet, but we were rehearsing for a couple of months before our first show. Mm -hmm. so, um, so you were already a band? Yeah, we're working on it, for sure. And yeah, how did yeah. you get together? <laughs> Just like being in the right place at the right time, I guess. Everyone like yeah. heard, heard people at different moments. I was living with Simon. Um, ben used to come up to the house a lot. Bender had actually met Nate prior to me meeting Bender. And we both, and I met Nate as well, um, separately to each other. And then we both actually talked about the same person at the house where we ended up jamming a lot. And um, yeah, it was just this coincidence and, you know, good faith. And that's how it happened. Melbourne's got a really good music scene. So there's, you know, lots of stuff happening all the time, and it's really easy to connect with other musicians in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's really open to, to each other and, and, and sort of working on music. And it's not necessarily about sort of uh, pursuing a, a, like a, 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 a financial gain or, you know, like sort of going into that kind of thing. It's more about really sort of connecting with, with other people. Creating music. Yeah, absolutely. And we all were sort of in this area, in, in Melbourne, that's a lot of that kind of stuff was happening. Like, and it still is, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just a really it's it's an incredible place. It really is. It's like one of the most like vibrant music scenes in the world, I think. From traveling around a lot, you just sort of really start to understand how important our music scene is in, in globally. And have you ever found any place in the world where you think it's kind of a similar vibe? Not really, because it's like it's so unique. There's nowhere else in the world that's like that. It's really young. We haven't got a cultural influence. Like everyone from all over Australia moves to Melbourne to make music if they really want to make music. Mm -hmm. So you get this massive collection of musicians that are growing up in their own way and they come and start to really pursue their career. Mm -hmm. I mean, like all those elements you just don't really have anywhere else. Everywhere else has got roots. I saw like it used to be probably, you know, not about the fame. Like, that's, that's, that's kind of how it's, things, it's like, things start. Yeah. Like, it's the same with the jazz scene in, in, mm -hmm. in the States. Like, that came out of, like, what? Like, they that came out of yeah. influences from all over the place that, that, that made it what it is. And, like, now it doesn't feel like there's that much of that kind of stuff happening because they have, like, people learn that, that stuff and that, that, that's their heritage and that's, that's their lineage almost. Mm -hmm. You know, so that they feel inclined to play that kind of music if they're from that specific And there's place. a lot more musicians as well. A lot more musicians. A lot the population difference as well is huge. 
we've, we've been trying to figure this out for a while, I guess. Why our scene is the way it's you know. Like, Mongolia's probably got a really dope underground music. Yeah, but it's different, though. It's different that, that everyone in Australia moves to Melbourne. Like, but everyone in America crazy. moves to LA now, and it used to be New York. I guess it's not LA. I guess LA is kind of different. Like, with, with New York, it feels like there's just this jazz thing if you want to pursue a music career. Yeah. It feels like you're, you're like, maybe it's changing now, but it feels like it's, for a long time it's been inclined to be learn that kind of stuff. I think it's just the scenes that we're, you know, introduced to as well. Like, that's the thing is it's different when you live somewhere versus when you're on tour somewhere because, you know, like, you know, you have certain promoters and you only get exposed to certain yeah. elements of it. You know, like, there's probably, like... I reckon Glastonbury would have a good scene. Yeah, because I just met those guys and they seemed like they were really, like really switched on musically and they're just like awesome people and I was like oh cool so you guys are from Glastonbury and they're like yeah like look we do heaps of jams we have heaps of jams everyone jams and stuff around here like that sounds like normal I'm sure that everywhere you have this it's, it's just what you said it's like you have to also spend some time hang around be familiar with the locals to actually experience that yeah
I think what is actually amazing in your case is not that you were just jamming together and you were just locally uh, doing the music, that you actually managed to, you know, bring this creativity to a mainstream. I mean, you're not typical mainstream, but something being nominated for Grammy can be still called mainstream. On the other hand, so many artists got influenced by you during your time when you were um, creating the music, you were influenced by them. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, I think you, you made a really great career from it, and, and I think that's helped that's helped from like you know our manager and stuff as well like that style like our first manager still managing us but he approached us after our first gig i think we were expensive um bender and then he like jumped on board and this and it was the first band he's managed as well he's asked he went he went to him really nuts and had really good ideas about how to get our music out there and stuff and it started started pursuing that he was really fucking awesome you know like really creative manager like he filmed our first film clip and stuff and yeah. edited the whole thing and yeah, he's really switched on. I think the strange thing though is that the music is very complex but somehow it translates and somehow like, you know, like we'll go to a place we've never played before and people are singing along to really complicated shit but like there's something in the music that's contagious that they like they pick up on it you know it's like it's like with Stevie Wonder for example like the the arrangements are really intelligent but it's something about it makes it pop and you can sing along to it but then if you really break down what you're singing along to it's actually you know really quite involved and it's I think it comes down to the intention when you're writing it as well like you know, because it, you can, it's so easy to hit, you know, hit or miss the mark, you mm -hmm. know, and so I think, I think something about it is in the fact that we're like a four-way collaboration, and once you've refined it to this point where we're all happy with it, it like translates to people because it's been filtered through this like, this sense of like unity of ideas, mm -hmm. so you may think that if like, it's schizophrenic, but somehow it's cohesive. Yeah. That's going to happen when you got four people yeah. that are pouring this into the yeah. music, which is a, is a fucking rarity these days. Well, like, the, the way how I see your music, if I may say so, for me, it's very organic. There is something very natural about it. I remember I heard you first time on um, KCRW mm -hmm. with uh, Nakamura, your song. I remember I was listening to... I always like to work early in the morning and late in the night. And every time when I heard that song, I was like, always oh, so energized. It was really like, I would go and take a shower almost. And that's how I remembered it. I was like, who is this? And that's how I started looking for your sound. And I think there is a, this element of people relating to it, probably because there, there's some honest creativity behind. But it's also very kind of natural. I don't know. With, with that particular track, it's also like kind of how it was recorded, because it was recorded live. So mm, okay. the energy that we had in the room at a particular time. So 
like that's that's probably something that, that really probably. resonates with listening to it that gives you that kind of thing because it's capturing something that we're all doing at the same time together. Definitely. And there's like nervous energy in the room as well, which is good. Mm. You know, when you're really comfortable, like things sound differently. So why was there a nervous energy? Because it was the second track we were playing. Like, recorded for you. The second track played on like on drums, like yeah. and then I was just like recorded. <laughs> I was just like. Don't speed up, don't slow down, don't do anything wrong, just do it right, <laughs> do it right. <laughs> I think it's also, it was one of the first songs I ever wrote, and uh, I wrote it for a friend of mine, and the reason it has such a like jovial element to it is because I was like 17 or something, and it was like, I want to write a song for my best friend. So we've got this like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's young, but it's like, it's very, like the very uplifting. Right. And I, like, that's the reason I wrote it was because it was like, I have this best friend and I'm going to make her day with this song that it's right for her. And again, it comes down to the intention in the music, you know, like you can feel emotion in music and we're very empathic creatures. And I, I feel like... It's cool that, um, that that element was really captured, A, because of that was the context that it was written, but also the next step of like getting together with a band and recording it was also very like mm-hmm. new and exciting and like, and uh, everything was really exciting at that point. Yeah, think, and, like, and, it, and, it got, and it was captured.
Simon. This is Bender. This is Perrin. And we are Hiatus Coyote, and you're listening to Give Me a Beat. Give me a beat. <laughs> but let's go to your new album, to your second album. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I like our second album. I also like your second album. <laughs> so, I mean, what's, what's your creative process? I mean, I'm already getting that you really write everything together. And what do you think each person brings to, to the record or creative process? How does it work? I want to know that. See, the thing is, like, when we say we write it together, that doesn't necessarily mean we're in a room and we're writing it from scratch mm -hmm. together. It's like you... It's like arranging together. It's, it's like arranging, and you, you write different parts. And, like, sometimes I'll bring whole songs to the band, mm -hmm. and sometimes it'll just be, like, an idea that will connect with somebody else's idea, and then we, like create it like that and it's different for every song you know like or sometimes it'll be from a beat that Pez has made or, or for synth sound or mm -hmm. you know like and it can be new or old like it can be every individual has a back catalogue of things that they work on in their own time and then when it comes to like putting it together it just it's like filling in the gaps and finding out how a, these individual ideas can um, be puzzle pieced together, or what can you do to react off somebody's idea? Mm -hmm. It's funny sometimes because none of us have like official. I mean, I guess in some in some um, circumstances we have some training in in like jazz and stuff from Bender and um, Bender and Maven, but um. Like when it comes to like, if we have an idea and we're like, oh yeah, kind of like reminds me of this Bollywood thing, like this Indian kind of rhythm. It's like let's try and do that, and then you know we don't actually have any idea exactly how it goes. It's yeah. just totally like just just doing a gringo version of like an Indian like <laughs> a beat, but that's kind of what makes it the fusion of what it is as well. You know, it's like yeah, cool. Like I, I've got like I remember when we were doing um, Shaolin Monk on the Funk, it was going to be like an Indian thing, but I was actually transcribed it an Arabic rhythm off like a Darabuka and I'm just like you put it in the same fucking box and I'm like yeah cool I'm just like it's <laughs> like the thing about it now I'm just like oh god it's like that was so bad I'm listening to so much Indian music at the moment I'm like it's so far from that but that's kind of what makes it cool yeah but it was like, inspired yeah, by that it was that. inspired by that yeah exactly it's okay. yeah. Yeah. a lot of our stuff has that kind of you know 
direction. I guess. It could be like the tiniest seed, and it's just—it's about like every individual in the band has this like hyperactivity where it's like this reminds me of this thing. It's like cool, let's try and do that, and it can be like sound nothing like it, but that just that spark is enough to make it something really original.
Denkt dran, Radio Mach ist nicht gratis. Deswegen zahlt doch ein unter dem Konto 01-60-148-9. Wenig verdienen die 60 Franken pro Jahr, die anderen 120 oder mehr. Spenden sind immer willkommen. Einzahlungsschein könnt ihr beziehen unter der Telefonnummer 044-567-2411 oder unter info.lora.ch. Of all the songs that you did, what was like the most fun song to record? Or is there any like cool story about some of the songs? Because obviously it's kind of like a very interesting process you have when you're creating music. Uh, I guess they're all different processes. Every song's a different process because some of them start as a thing that Kanae's written on guitar, and some of them start as mm -hmm. a thing that's like started in the studio or from something that um, Simon's come up with first on keys. So there was one thing that we did uh, at the Ghost Oak Studios late at night, we'd been tracking for a couple of days and then it got to like 2am and the engineer went to bed and we were just kind of sitting in the room and then they sort of started playing this uh, guitar that was... Like uh, a pixie guitar. It's like a pixie guitar. Sounded like a pixie It's like in a weird tuning with some of the strings. Nashville. Yeah, Nashville tuning. Yeah. So it's like the, the um, some of the strings are like an octave higher than normal. Uh -huh. yeah. um, you know like a 12 string guitar, yeah. you get the really high ones, so but they've strung all of the strings, there's only six strings on it. Because the middle ones are really high, but yeah, and then we ended up just messing around and it's, it's a little thing called um, cicada, which is like a little tiny interlude, tiny interlude, but that was like a really fun moment because it's just like a... We just got really experimental. It's just a little had all this stuff improvised moment. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's just, we were all in a different world because we've been trapping for a couple of days. And, 
and it was just beautiful because we just got to sort of play around with it. Yeah. Sort of lose Sometimes, a lot of yeah. sort of stress about trying to track a specific tune, and this was just being super creative. Yeah, yeah. I love those little interludes that you do in the <laughs> in the album yeah. because it's it's very rare nowadays to actually have a whole album, and then this it's it's like a little piece that keeps certain things together, yeah. and it's yeah. always a little surprise, and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah. 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 I reckon like molasses for me was like pretty fun in the in the, in the middle section because I remember we, we had a structure for it. Yeah, we had no idea really how it was going to sound, and that was just like building blocks in the studio. We recorded the first half of it, we recorded the end of it, and then we started with the middle right. section, which is like kind of you know it's got some strange sounds in there. Like I played the kick drum and um, two bits of wood together. Oh, cool. that was awesome. And then yeah, just like layering that up with different things, and it was yeah. really fun doing that yeah. sort of stuff. Definitely, that sort of stuff's fun because you you know like. Every everything that we write um, has a kind of particular um, concept about, like maybe what worlds of music that it's influenced by, and all the different worlds of music that we um, are influenced by have different processes about how it's created. So you know, um, some stuff is really all about playing it live, like. I mean, that's why we recorded Nakamura the way that we did, just like live as a band, because it's, it's just like it had to be like that to get that feeling of like, you know, an old 70s soul record because that's how they did it, so that's why we did that. But then something like, you know, a particular section like the middle of Molasses was like, oh, this is kind of coming from this place that's sort of from a variety of worlds, but it's very influenced by sort of certain kinds of electronic music in the way that it's like the sounds built up like the sounds and everything so that's like uh, yeah I mean that's kind of um, a big part of how we approach it when you like look at the tunes I mean you know we, we kind of try to do it as best we can when we're playing a gig like live playing it all together but when it comes to the studio it's just like you know that that particular section is actually you need to take it to the next level mm-hmm. sonically which it, yeah requires like a different process it's like maybe we won't do this bit live but we'll actually create it piece by piece because that's gonna get the result yeah. that will emotionally translate. get there translate you know
Simon. This is Bender. This is Perrin. And we are Hiatus Coyote, and you're listening to Give Me a Beat. Give me a beat. (laughs) 
Yes, you are still listening to Give Me a Beat. My name is DJ Baby Monster and this is Radio Laura. Uh, you heard most of the interview from Hayatis Coyote that I had a chance to see and interview at the Blue Bulls Festival. The music that you listened until now was mostly uh, from their second album, Choose Your Weapon. The album was released in 2015 and and it was released under the Flying Buddha label, which is kind of off Sony independent label by uh, Salam Remy. We also talk about um, being assigned by this label and what that meant to them and how much this influenced their creative process. The first album was released in 2012, uh, Talk Tomahawk and this album featured the song Nakamura that was nominated for Grammy that I also played in tonight's show. So as I already mentioned before, the interview was really awesome, uh, very easygoing, as well as a gig. And I really hope that you enjoyed my choice of music from um, the band that I played until now and also the part of the interview that I played as well. Uh, I'm going to continue with the rest uh, in order to be able to actually play everything that I plan to play for you tonight. But many of the songs actually you first played live and now you recorded for the album. So when, when I hear you tonight, am I going to see or hear the similar version of the songs or is it going to be totally different? Some, or some, some. So like yeah, especially the newest, the newest stuff we kind of tend to do pretty, pretty similar. But then some of the older stuff we change up because, you know, so we don't... Yeah, because you need to keep it interesting for yourself. And if you keep it interesting for yourself, then... You know, you're you're having more fun better. with it, and then yeah. and then your energy is translating to the audience. You know, like if we always did every song exactly the same, we'd be bored, and everyone would feel that we're bored. Of so course. it wouldn't work. We'd just be like, oh, this is okay. It's always frustrating to go go see a band live, perform a record that's exactly the same as the record, and it's like, oh, it doesn't sound as good. It's like I could be at home in the bath right now listening yeah. to this. <laughs> with all these crowds and shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think nowadays with, with uh, so many ways to create the music easy in your bedroom or whatever, I think the only thing you can do is when people come for a gig, give them an experience right. that they will remember. Yeah. That's, that's the only way you can really clearly communicate with your audience. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's strange too because like, you know, in this age, so many bands are making their own records and producing their own records and recording their own records. And it's such a different process to, you know, like actually playing it on a gig. It's two different things. I kind of liken it to being an artist and, you, and you're painting all the time and everyone really likes your paintings. But they're also like, hey, so when's the sculpture coming out? You know, and you gotta like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you gotta try to like get into doing your metal work or your woodwork or something and like all these other skill sets that are nothing to do with playing live at all. You know, but it's really important to be able to go out and present it to people in an interesting way. You know, and some bands are really amazing at one thing and not the other. We're definitely trying to do both as, as well as yeah. we can, you know. It's really important to look at each other and smile and then um, look at the audience and say, hey, what's up? And then, 
with this album, you actually signed with like, okay, it's an odd Sony smaller label, but you still kind of signed with a with some people that could influence your record in a in a way. You know, in a different way than it is. But it, for me, it seems that your creativity was intact with, uh, with no, they, this record. So, how did you manage to do that? Did you really have like a full creative freedom? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had this like our, our uh, representative, the, 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 the guy that runs the label, Flying Buddha, Salam Remy. He was our direct connection with Sony. Okay, yeah. So. I mean, you're the first artist that he signed, actually, right, for the label. On that label, yeah. I mean, he just got that job before we, we mm -hmm. started working with him. So it was a whole fresh thing for Sony and for him. And he stayed away from pushing you to go a certain way because, I mean, he has so many hits. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he just helped us out whenever we needed it. Really, it okay. wasn't like he was calling us every week saying, Where, where's this record? Send me stuff. It was more of us calling him and saying, hey, how you doing? And he just, he was like, he's an incredible, I, I don't know how to describe him. He's like a Buddha. He's like a Buddha. Like, he's, he's just like, he's the most chilled person. Like, we, we could be really like upset about something or, or whatever, and he just totally chills us out. It's just like, he just keeps a confidence in ourselves. He's so zen. He's then. very zen, yeah. About his, like, his, his approach to, to artists is incredible. Like, you, you can really tell that he's been dealing with artists for, like, a long time. Because he just gives you a lot of, like, hope and love about what you're doing. And doesn't really give you any kind of creative direction at all. He was just, he really had uh, a lot of um, belief in what we're doing. That, that's really awesome to hear. It's fucking great. It, it's it's kind of obvious to me, listening to your album, that this is the way it went. But I really wanted to hear that because it's, it's kind of important to know that there is still possibility um, to, you know, to be creative and to to yeah. kind of have a label behind. Well, it, it, you know, it wouldn't make sense for him to to put us on his label and then direct us where he wants. You know, like yeah. that's not what it's about. It's not, that's like, like the furthest from what our music is about. Yeah, and yeah, that's we not why he signed us. He signed us because he likes our shit, so yeah. why would he change that? Yeah. He's a really intelligent dude. He wouldn't do that. That's very cool. Um, like, unrelentless, I think. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's more relentless than unrelentless. Yeah. Artisan dreamer, grab a two paper, a soccer bone and hand 
Can pick you up. You, you, yeah, you can get the fans that, that are just passing by. Definitely has other benefits. Like yeah. we, we played Glastonbury this year. Both of those shows were really great. We had a great crowd, and we met a lot of people after the show that haven't heard us before. That's cool. That's good. And what can we expect from you tonight? Yeah. You expect show? us to be show. going like asking for more fallback. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can expect us to go skinny dipping in the lake directly after we finish playing. So if anyone wants to join. <laughs> <laughs> We're pro-nudity. <laughs> hey, this is Napalm. This is Simon. This is Bender. This is Perrin. And we are Hiatus Coyote, and you're listening to Give Me a Beat. Give me a beat. <laughs>
So this was the first part of my review of Blue Balls Festival 2015 with focus on Hayatus Coyote Band. Uh, I played the music from their album Choose Your Weapon as well as the interview that I did with the members of the band. Now we're getting in the second part of tonight's show. As I like to say uh, during my reviewing of the festivals, I like to explore a female factor of the festival and it, this was no different at Blue Bowls Festival um, in Luzern. Uh, so I've chosen a few days where I actually uh, reviewed or saw the gigs from uh, different female artists as well as some male artists and uh, I posted the daily reviews on my Facebook page uh, Give Me a Beat which as I already mentioned before if you like and if you follow um, you will never really miss any of the Give Me a Beats because you will get the information about the show before the show is happening and uh, a few weeks after the show happens when I create the podcast and upload it to the podcast server, I would basically also inform you via Facebook page. There is always a link. All my podcasts are on the website with the podcast server where I also write a preview of what is coming up in the show, meaning the, which festival I'm reviewing or what's the subject of the show and which female artist I'm including in the show. So we came to the second second part of tonight's show, even though there is not so much time left, I managed to somehow keep uh, my choice of Hayatus Coyote songs from Choose Your Weapon to minimum, since their album is 70 minutes and uh, I loved it. And now I'm going to focus on another artist, talented young French artist called Nina Atal. I had a chance to interview Nina on the uh, 18th of July, um, between the sound check again and before her gig on a pavilion. Uh, stage. She also performed on the same stage as uh, Hayatus Coyote, and she was actually phenomenal. Uh, Nina is only 23 years old, but she has been really a uh, gig pro. Uh, she did, I don't know, more than 300 gigs and traveled since she was a teenager, traveled with a band performing. So it's quite uh, obvious that she feels actually very comfortable on the stage. And during her gig, 
it was also funny to see uh, how Goldie's energy that she had and as well as talent and the great band behind, it just brought everybody on their feet and dancing and moving, which is sometimes on outside stages, especially when it was still uh, very hot. It's not something that usually happens. But in both of these gigs, Actually, it did happen and the audience was quite responsive because, let's be honest, the band uh, that I interviewed before, Hayatu Coyote, as well as Nina Atal, these are some talented musicians and uh, audience can feel this, this really true and cool energy and they're just basically responsive. Um, Nina Atal had a very interesting story. I actually discovered her through the advertisement of the Blue Balls Festival and I immediately liked her sound because it's a bit like funky and R&B and it's there's something pop about it but she's also very uh, classic R&B funky sound which I found interesting. Um, she released two EPs before releasing the album in 2014 called Va. That is actually a name of the Greenwich famous Greenwich Village bar where many of the uh, famous musicians played and basically the background story which you will also hear from Nina during an interview but I will give you a bit of a preview is that Nina was on the festival uh, in France in 2013 and she met uh, Jerry Barnes from the band Chic and uh, she basically opened for Chic and she gave him her demo. Uh, then she got a call a few weeks after and was invited to come to New York and uh, record the album. And this is the album that I'm going to play tonight. I'm not going to play any of the songs from EP. I will just play choice of the song from the album together uh, with an interview. Uh, as I mentioned before, Nina was awesome on the stage and one of the wishes that she said in this interview is that she would like to impress the audience and promoters and that she comes back and plays on even bigger stage. So I think that's going to happen, the way how she's going with the music and the album that she's releasing. She's very, very good live. I mean, her album is awesome. But if you have a chance to see Nina live, uh, check her out. She, she's really amazing. As usual, I'm going to start with an interview and the songs and try to squeeze everything into tonight's show. Hi, I'm Nina Atal, and you're on Give Me Your Beats. Shit. 
you're 23, right? Yes, yes. But you already have a quite an impressive career for somebody your age. Yes. Because you started early. Yes. I, I started around uh, 16, mm -hmm. 17. And uh, since uh, the beginning, I'm on the road and I did a lot of concerts and shows. Uh, so, uh, yes, it's a really nice experience. And, yes. and how did you get in, in music? How did you decide? Since I was very, very young, I, I knew that I will be a singer and guitar player and mm -hmm. I will do a concert. And But, um, you know, when, when you're wrong, you're... You don't know uh, exactly what uh, musicians mean, the, yes. the, mm -hmm. the life of. Uh, so uh, I, I realized uh, when I was a teenager, and uh, I think um, when I, I was in Paris, I, I went um, in jam sessions, mm -hmm. and I met a lot of musicians, and I realized what uh, musician life uh, really mean, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I love uh, this life so much so so you yeah. love living yes, on the road yes. and, and it was a dream but uh, i love the, the concrete life i love it too so so actually you were not disappointed with the life because sometimes for people it's difficult yeah, it's to difficult travel because yes you are, you travel a lot and it's uh, you're, you're tired sometimes and then i'm with the uh, seven uh, guys so <laughs> sometimes it would be difficult to be the only girl of the band but, uh, but I, I love it mm -hmm. i love this Yes, it's not. And how is this comparing being on stage and being in the studio? So you, that means you don't have so much experience being in a studio as much as being on the stage. Yes, sure. So yes, I, I have just uh, two albums and uh, uh, the last one I, I recorded in New York, so it was a, a, a completely different uh, experience. Mm -hmm. It was really, really cool. But uh, yes, it's, it's different. and. I'm a little bit uh, stressed when I'm in studio because in in my mind I, I say uh, oh I, I have to to do my best and I have to to be uh, to be what I am really on, on just a CD so it's very difficult mm -hmm. to to do that and uh, so I say to people uh, who listen my album to come in come to to the gigs yes to to see to see us on stage because it, it's different it's more energetic and i'm 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 really uh, you yes yeah there is a there is a still this emotion that only i mean even the cd mm, can create yes. this but this emotion the exchange yeah, of energy it's, it's, is it's very difficult yeah. yes to 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 have a sound uh, a special sound and it's, it's difficult but the, i like i love i love it too but it's uh, it's uh, more stress and how about uh, you know a creation process like writing songs and what, what is usually your creation process do you do it also on the road or do you do it mm, not on the road because uh, we have uh, we have time to, to sleep to so <laughs> it's um, no I, I don't write on road but it's not it's by me but but uh, when I'm uh, in my universe at home I just uh, take my guitar and play and sometimes I, I write some songs uh, it depends but when I'm 
at home in my universe it's uh, you need a piece needs, you yes. need this kind yes, of yes. Yeah, yeah. and are you ever thinking of creating actually live album yes uh, people so, sometimes people ask me um, and I think it could be great mm -hmm. and uh, yes maybe maybe the next one I, I don't know but yes it could be cool
I'm Nina Atal, and you're on Give Me Your Beats. Yes, you are still listening to Give Me a Beat. We are coming to the end of tonight's show. You were uh, listening a few songs from Nina Tal from her latest album, Wa, that was released last year. You were also listening to part of the interview. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to continue playing um, the rest of the interview and a few more songs from this album. But I'm going to tell you right now good night. I hope you enjoy my Choice of music for tonight, a review of Blue Balls Festival, a festival with a slightly inappropriate name that is happening two weeks of July in uh, Luzern, here in Switzerland. The first part of the show was focused on Hiatus Coyote and their uh, interview and music from their latest album. And the second part of the show was focused on Inatal interview and the music from her current album, even though it was released last year. We're waiting to hear what Nina is preparing very soon in the future. In the meantime, I'm going to wish you good night. My name is, of course, DJ Baby Monster. You were listening to Give Me a Beat. This is uh, Radio Laura. And until the next time. Going back to to current album, your last album, it's it's kind of an amazing story, actually. Yes. You worked with uh, great people. You yes. worked in a legendary studio in New yes. York. Yes. So tell me a bit about, you know, that experience. How did it actually come to that moment that you go there and you record your album? It, it was um, very special because uh, my ex-guitar uh, player, we, mm-hmm. we wrote everything uh, together. And uh, we were preparing uh, the, the album, and we met uh, Jerry Barnes, mm-hmm. uh, bass player from Chic, mm-hmm. with Nairo Joss and so on. And uh, we were not prepared to, to work with him, and uh, it was a very... Um, um, Spontaneous. Yes, yes. And uh, he said, come in New York, and we're going to see if uh, there is some feeling, good feeling. and. And uh, so we went to to record in New York, and it was uh, we just made uh, every musicians we love since uh, since a long time. And um, but it's great because they are were very simple and very respectful of our music and our songs. And mm-hmm. so it was. Uh, so they were so not good. arrogant because they no, were so. No, 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 yes. So. So when you were so when you were in New York, um, is it the reason why actually you called the album the name yes. you did? Yes, because it's an it's an, the name of a club mm-hmm. in New York, the Café Wa, and uh, and when when we recorded, uh, uh, we we went to the clubs every night to to receive some good music, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I think soul and funk music is. Uh, or from, from, from there, from New York, from the United States. Cool. And uh, I was so impressed and so... Well, so, so, it's well, so wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yes. And, and uh, actually, it seems to me, I mean, comparing to your previous, to your EP and the previous album, mm-hmm. it seems that all of that influenced your album music. So the music is much more funky than it was before. Is yes. this true or...? Yes, it's uh, funkier, but uh, I try to, to do some 
uh, pop and maybe rock music sometimes and I think um, I think it's a good way to to go uh, mm-hmm. and uh, to mix uh, every influences but um, on stage uh, that sure that it's funkier <laughs> but uh, yes on the album I we, we have to, to, to try some something different so do you... it's uh, difficult to have uh, this um, um, my proper sound but uh, yes. So, so how would you define your sound? Yeah, it's fun, soul, it's Afro-American music uh, generally. Uh, but uh, I love, uh, I, I like to do uh, real songs like a pop, uh, um, how do you say, uh, format, um, pop song with, you know, verses and chorus. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like it. So, because I, I would like to see everybody singing on my songs, and so um, I love it. And um, so it's not like, like a jam, like a groove. Mm-hmm. I try to to do to do that. So in a pop music, then who would be somebody you would aspire, like you would say, oh, this artist. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, I love Stevie Wonder and uh, Lenny Kravitz. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's very funky, it's very rock, but there are good songs. Mm-hmm. Good songs and good melodies and I like it. Yeah.
from the whole album, uh, what is your favorite song? In the last one, mm-hmm. uh, I like um, a song entitled uh, "Back from the Hole" because uh, there is an organ solo and uh, from oh yeah, mm-hmm. a very, a very good uh, organ player, and uh, I like this song and uh, "Baby" because uh, we wrote it with Jerry. And uh, it's a little bit cheesy. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think, like, when you perform, what did you notice that it's the song that people really respond to? At the end of the show, when it's very funky, people are very happy. And uh, a special one because... Um, but I, I, I don't want to, to say too much, thing, but uh, I have a song... I go to in the audience with my guitar to play a solo, guitar solo, and people are very happy to, to see me clo- closer than us. Every, uh, everything you say, that's okay. the song I, I do it.
so how it is in your band? You told me in the beginning, sometimes it's a bit difficult that mm. you are the only girl. Yeah. But on the other hand, you must be like a family. Oh, that, yes, sure, sure. And yeah. did you also toured with them before? Or this is like a new band? Or um, They are new members uh, since uh, this uh, winter. Or, but uh, it's um, it's friend of mine, so I know I, I know them since a long time mm -hmm. so sure it's like a family when here we we on the since uh, 10 days so we have to we are friends so. you have cool. to be yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? yeah no stop keep going oh oh sorry one two three got it <laughs> I'm Nina Atal, and you're on Give Me Your Beats. Usually when the people go on holiday, mm -hmm. they travel. So mm -hmm. you travel for, yes. for work. Yes. So what do you do on holiday? No, no, no. I travel a lot. I, I love it. And I I do this job for, for that, to, mm -hmm. to travel. Uh, so you combine it? Yes. And I, I have a, a boyfriend, so I, I go to holidays with him. And he is not on, on the world with me, so... So uh, yes, uh, I will. Uh, I will go to holidays in September in, in New York and New Orleans. So oh, nice yeah, to see my boyfriend. Holidays. He's musicians too, so sometimes it's difficult to to find uh, dates to 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 travel. To travel. <laughs> yes. So did you ever think of doing anything with your boyfriend, like uh, music-wise? Yes, maybe one day, maybe one day, and uh, well, it's more personal, but my ex, um, my ex-guitar player was my ex-boyfriend too, so it was difficult. We, we did a very, very good job, and I, I, I hope uh, to work with uh, him in the future. Mm -hmm. But uh, we check out him. Uh, but maybe one day my my boyfriend will play with it. me. I'm sure That's about that. That's cool. Yes. <laughs>
Are you already working on some new material? Are you planning already the next album? Then? Uh, not yet. I'm I'm working on um, a different project, uh, maybe more acoustic or more light lighter. And uh, so I'm writing song for for it. And um, and why not a next album? Yes, maybe a live or a special album with guests, or I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm writing songs and we will see what I will do with it. Yes. I mean, considering that your last album, it just happened spontaneously, yes, maybe with, yes. with this one, yes. also something So for the happen. next one, I, I would like to, to take my time mm -hmm. to, to see what I really want. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, what is the next thing you are really excited about? We have a lot of gig uh, this summer, and uh, and I will uh, come back in Germany this uh, autumn, and it's uh, it's very exciting to be on the road mm -hmm. all the time, and uh, we we will see a lot of projects, but I, I don't want to be too happy, and because in this uh, in music, you know. Uh, it's, uh, Lot of people say lot of things, but uh, what really happened? It's um, it's more rare. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's but I'm very excited to be on tour all the time.
So what can we expect from you tonight? Um, expect to keep uh, the audience with me and, uh, and the promoter too because, uh, like you said, uh, I hope to be on the big stage uh, <laughs> next year. It, it could be nice. And, um, yeah, we, we played in Switzerland maybe, uh, I don't know, five, ten times. And, yes, I, I, each time I try to keep the audience with me to, to come back. In the future. So this is not your first time in uh, no, Switzerland. No, we we played uh, last week. We played um, in uh, uh, oh, Rapperswil mm -hmm. and in Zurich and so. But but you you had one of your breakthroughs on a mm -hmm. Montreux Jazz Festival. Yes. So yes, but it was not with my band. I was uh, the guitar player just uh, for another band. But uh, but maybe one day I I hope so. It's uh, so it's a famous festival, and I saw a lot a lot of concerts in, in, in TV in in web of great artists I love. So yes, Montreux it's, it's my goal in Switzerland. Hi, I'm Nina Atal, and you're on Give Me Your Beats. Shop each class. 